Welcome to the Good Gut Feelings Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Karitsis, and together we are building a community of women who are all here to celebrate their evolution. We're chatting about all things Good Gut Feelings, which started with literal gut issues and IBS, hello my hot girls with stomach issues, and has evolved into self-discovery, embodiment, alignment, and so, so much more, all while being a little selfish along the way. Stay tuned as we are exploring the ways to step into your absolute favorite self, you know, like informed by your highest self, but with a little bit more sugar and spice. Let's have some juicy conversations about what that evolution gets to look like, no matter where you are in your journey, as long as you are seeking good gut feelings, you are in the right place. I'd love to connect, so reach out on Instagram at Isabel Karitzis if we don't already know each other. And without further ado, let's go make some magic. Welcome back to the Good Gut Feelings Podcast. This is your host, Isabel. Um, I am apologizing up front for my voice. I have been sick. I have COVID. Um, and I am on the tail end of it. Like I'm getting through it, but I think the (laughs) kind of fucked up thing about this timing is that my allergies are also really bad. And, um, I don't know like what's COVID and what's allergy symptoms. So I'm just throwing everything at it and hoping something works. So I sound nasally and this is just how it's going to have to be because, I gotta get this done. Today's podcast episode is about my relationship with alcohol. And um, in honor of the summer mocktail series kicking off, I thought it was time, or I thought this would be a really good chance to kind of like break down and explore what my relationship with alcohol has been like throughout my life, um, what inspired exploring mocktails and the summer mocktail series, um, which if you've been here a while, was a thing at the beginning of the pandemic too. Um, For like the entire summer, I was sharing mocktail recipes and ideas and all of that good stuff. Um, So I'm excited to get that started. How are we doing? I made a TikTok this morning about how it like just smells different in New York right now. And by that, I mean, it smells like the end of the year in like elementary school when they're handing out popsicles and you're starting to like go back to the pool with your friends and all of that kind of stuff. Like I can feel summer happening to us. I am so excited. I'm so excited. Um, Yeah, that's a little bit about me, what I've been up to. I was supposed to go to Miami this weekend for a Sambo event with Ian and Ian had COVID a while ago, like a week or something ago. Um, and I, my dumbass, like didn't think I was going to get it from him, which I don't even know how that would, whatever. Um, and he got it and got over it and like got over it in time to go to Miami and host this event for Sambal. And I tested positive the day that we were supposed, the day before we were supposed to leave. So all of my plans were ruined and that's okay. Cause I'm looking on the bright side. I got to spend some time with myself who doesn't love that? Um, but yeah, my symptoms have been like, I've been like fine, honestly. I had a really bad fever on Wednesday, um, which was before I tested positive, but like I should have known at that point. Um, and since then, it's kind of been smooth sailing. Um, yeah, it's shitty. I think this is my second time that I've had COVID. 
Um, I think I had it after Thanksgiving. I'm not positive because everyone was testing. Ne- it was like that period where like everyone was testing negative for like a week before actually testing positive. So I never actually knew. But yeah, this time by myself, like this weekend, I feel like I've just been reflecting a lot on like kind of like life and like social media and the past year and like even more reflections on what I've been doing with my life since I quit my job and a lot of I'm sure I'll elaborate on this more when I have like better constructed thoughts but a lot of me just honestly feels like the last year was like a fucking fever dream and I'm kind of like waking up now and being like whoa what just happened um and I'm figuring out kind of how I want to human uh, especially given that like this is my full-time job um, and also yoga teaching. So I've been teaching a lot of yoga, which has been really fun. But um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out like how I want to human and social media and kind of like how I feel about social media. Like I feel fine about social media, but like the way that things are kind of trending, I just like don't know where I fit in all of those puzzle pieces. And I've been thinking a lot about it, like not even just as a creator, but like as a, as a human being, like social media changes so much. And if you guys know who Emma Chamberlain is, she, um, just did a podcast episode that a lot of people on TikTok are talking about how like everyone's an influencer. So no one's an influencer. And like, I totally think that makes sense. Um, but like, what does that mean in terms of marketing and career choices and like what comes next for a lot of people? Like, I don't know the answer to that question. And I think it's really interesting. Um, I'm obviously pulling back a lot from coaching and reevaluating how I feel about that. And I'll probably have more to come on that. Like eventually I don't quite feel ready to talk about it yet, but some preliminary thoughts are just that like it's been on my mind and I've been thinking a lot about it um yeah I feel like there's a lot that's gonna shift like I've been a lot of people I feel like agree with me but like it just feels like there's something in the air that's collectively changing and I don't know what that's gonna end up looking like like it feels good I think like to me it feels good it feels exciting like I feel like there's a lot of potential coming down the line um as I don't know, maybe life like actually returns to normal. And I think people, I think here's what I think is happening. I think the past two years plus have just been like kind of a fever dream for everybody. And we're all kind of crawling out of it now and being like, what just happened? Who am I? What are my priorities? And I know that a lot is changing for me on a personal level, um, which I will share more about over the summer. But it just is like weird. And I think we're all like, I'm finding myself wanting to do a lot of high vibe, low vibe exercises lately because I'm just like constantly taking a pulse check on like who I am and what I like and what feels good, what doesn't feel good, like what I feel called to do and like how I want to show up as myself in my real life on social media, all of these things. I'm just kind of like, whoa, when did we hit the reset button? Like when did we all get this blank slate? And that just is like really how it feels like to me. I'm like staring at the page and being like, who put this here? How am I supposed to fill it out? Because like, I know how past versions of me would have filled it out. And like, I don't know if that's really what I'm into anymore. Like, I think things are shifting and it's kind of just, I don't know, up to us what comes next. And that's intimidating AF. 
Um, but I guess I'm just sharing this to say, like, if you're there and you're feeling this way, I am here too. And I'm trying to figure it out and I will share along the way anything that I find particularly helpful as I navigate all of this, like weird, like blank slate, restart, fresh, all these things. Um, yeah, I'll try to let you guys know what feels like grounding for me, but all I really got is like the high vibe, low vibe journal exercise, like just really helping me. Um, I want to prioritize reading a lot more, kind of like get my head out of my ass and like into a book, like off social media and into just like the broader perspective of the world, like get outside myself a little bit, um, and figure out where the pieces need to fall, like who I am and what that all means. So I hope that any of this makes sense. I feel like it's definitely going to make sense to some of you. Um, and I am just kind of waiting to see what life hands me, which is new for me. Cause I'm always trying to like plan and like super control everything. And this is me just like kind of loosening the reins and being like, okay, like I'm not being a control freak, like what needs to happen. And a lot honestly is like revealing itself. So very interesting time of life. And for the record, I don't like being super cryptic like this, but like, here's the thing. I, as a human being, tend to like get really strong opinions about things and like act fast and like course correct really quickly and state all these opinions and then be like a week later, like, oh, (laughs) I don't know if I, I don't know if I think that anymore. And I... I'm trying to both prevent you and me from like a whiplash. And so I'm trying to only speak on things when I have like an actual grounded thought or something helpful to say, but I do want to give you guys an update on like what's going through my life and what's going through my mind. Um, And I like, I don't know how to do that with details because so much of it feels so intangible. And if I were to give you details and then they change like next week, like that would just be who knows? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be accountable for all of the like indecision in my life. Like it just is what it is. So should we do what we're here today to do to talk about? Let's talk about alcohol. Um, I want to preface this by saying I have never, ever, ever had experiences with addiction. And so my story will not be framed, um, with guidelines or advice or anything about addiction. If you, are struggling with addiction. This episode is not for you. This, you know, the context of how my relationship with alcohol works won't apply to your life. Um, and if you or a loved one are struggling with alcohol, um, I will leave resource links in the show notes for you. Um, it's really important to seek help. It's really brave and it's also really, really crucial. Um, so let's talk about it. My relationship with alcohol Um, I started drinking, I think the night of my 16th birthday, my best friend Zoe and I stole my parents like gross ass liquor. Like I think we were drinking, um, like rum or whiskey or something. And we thought we were, oh my God, like I can literally still smell it and taste it. Like right now, if I think about it, it's fucking so gross. Um, And we stole it, and, like, I'm sure my parents knew, and they, like, literally didn't give a fuck because we both had, like, one or two shots, and we were like, we're so drunk, and got on, um, 
video chat with like boys and we're like we've been drinking and they were like sweet like you've had one shot like you've done that <laughs> but we didn't know and like I still have a really light tolerance so like it totally could have been like fucked up um anyway drinking for me was always just like a rite of passage thing like I didn't do it because I really wanted to but I did it because like I thought I should and like it I felt cool that like I could like I felt like it was a cool thing that I could drink so like I did um but I was never really attached to it I never liked the flavor like the only thing I ever liked drinking was like Mike's Heart Lemonade because obviously that's like the best um and which is actually interesting because I really don't like Trulies and White Claws now like fast forward 10 years, like I fucking hate those canned seltzer things. You will never catch me drinking one. I think that they are disgusting and I don't understand how people like them. Like I'd rather drink like a beer or water or like gasoline. I just, I, I don't understand. Um, anyway, those weren't invented until I was out of college, which is a bummer. Um, so anyway, I, and just for like more context, I actually started smoking weed when I was mm, 13. And if my mom or dad listens to this, I'm so sorry um, that that is information that you now know. But um, I, and I loved it. Like I thought smoking weed was the funnest thing ever. And I, I think it was probably luck of the draw. Mm, no, this is actually not true. I've had a lot of bad trips and been like really twisted, like drunk and high at the same time and like a lot, like horrible, horrible things. But most of the time when I smoked, it was like the most fun thing of my life. Like we would go on hikes in the woods or like Zoe and I would just like hang out in her basement and be so silly and we'd watch really fun movies. Like I have this vivid memory of the first time that I was ever like actually high of being at my friend. I was sleeping over with my friend Emily and we went next door to smoke weed with, um, how old was I? Oh my God. A guy that I was either dating at the time or had broken up with. They lived next door and they were neighbors. And, like, this guy was, like, the plug. Um, and we watched a movie that was, like, a funny movie. But, like, I've never laughed harder in my life. Like, I've never had more serotonin and dopamine in one. Like, it just was fantastic. And I was, like, this is amazing. Why would anyone not smoke weed? Like, this is the best thing ever. Um, and so I think I beca- I think because I had that experience before and like you don't get hung over or anything like I never got munchies I just was like this is a fucking good time and I think because I had that experience before drinking when I did start drinking I was like this kind of sucks like I feel sick I need to like ingest a lot and like I have a very sensitive stomach um it takes a while like I'm kind of nervous like I like I feel like shit the day after. I feel like this is very dangerous. Like all of these, everything about alcohol, I was like, I don't understand why people would do this when you can just smoke weed. Um, And so that was that. And then I went to college and I stopped smoking because being a freshman in college is like fucking hard to first of all get weed because you don't know anyone and second of all smoke weed because you live in a dorm and that's like super illegal you'd get kicked out all the things so I kind of stopped smoking um and then started again a lot my sophomore year and 
drinking too, like drinking ramped up big time freshman year. Um, cause it was just like fun and new and a good way to meet friends and a good way to meet boys. Like going out is just like a great way to meet people. Smoking weed is not a good way to meet people. Um, and so it just was kind of like, I don't know how things worked out. I still never liked it, but like I did it because obviously it was what everyone was doing. Um, and I just never thought twice about it until probably junior year. Um, I was a really responsible drinker freshman year and sophomore year. Like I don't, I don't think I had any incidents where it was like, oh, Isabel's a mess. Um, junior and senior year, it was very different. Junior and senior year, um, I think just because of a lot, a lot of boy stuff, I started drinking like a lot and I'd go out and get like super drunk and super blackout, but like, so would all of my friends. We would all kind of take turns being like the shithead of the night. Um, and then by senior year, I just was like very over it. Like I knew that the decisions I was making didn't like line up with who I wanted to be. I knew that I felt like shit. I knew that a lot of times going out, like wasn't even that fun because so many of the bars were so crowded. And I was like, I'm sorry, who enjoys this? Like who wants to be here? Um, one of those things that's, like, not fun unless you're, like, on the verge of being too drunk so that, like, you don't realize how not fun it is. And so I was really over it. My, like, preference was to stay in. I was always the one who was like, does anyone want to stay in tonight? And, like, occasionally I would get lucky. Um, but, yeah, for all all things considered, I had, like, the most stereotypical college experience. And... um like the college, ver the version of college you see in the movies is the version of college that I had, like to a T. Um, so graduated, moved back home with my parents, made it a little bit harder to like be a blackout disaster. Um, but that was great because I like didn't really, I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, and I like really didn't like alcohol at that point. So like even when my parents were like, oh, we're having dinner, do you want a glass of wine? Like I was like, no, I, I don't. And even now when my parents are making me dinner or whatever, I'm home and they offer me a glass of wine, like, I usually say no. Like, I'm not really a casual wine drinker. Because um, I, th I think that, like, kind of thread stayed true for me, no matter my circumstances. Like, in any situation where I, it wasn't almost like a social obligation to drink, I just, like, I wouldn't. Like, a brunch, like, why? No. Um, drinking on, like, oh, having a glass of wine on, like, a Wednesday. Like, drinking just, like, literally doesn't appeal to me. And I think that that's why when I did do it, I went so overboard because I was like, this so doesn't appeal to me for the most part. It's giving me a lot of social anxiety. Um, and like, I, I was like zero to a hundred because I, because I just wasn't drinking in circumstances that like made me want to drink, if that makes sense. And so I don't think that I, um, like I, I kind of was like, if I'm here and I don't want to be here but I had no boundaries and didn't know how to say no yet. And I was a huge people pleaser. Um, if I'm here and I don't want to be drinking and I don't want to be here, I might as well like black out so that like I'm also still not here, if that makes sense. And so that changed a lot when I graduated and moved home. And then I moved into an apartment a year after um, living with my parents for a year and still kind of like didn't really drink and was like, saying no to a lot of social things that involved alcohol. Um, 
and like the times where I would say yes to those things that involved alcohol, like on the one-off, like I had, I had no concept of moderation. Um, and I, I think it probably was because I was like, this is my chance. Like, this is my chance to like become completely unencumbered and uninhibited and like do whatever. And, um, like I need to, I need to prove to everyone how fun I still am. Like I need to like really still be that girl that I was in college because like this is the one night every like three months that I that I'm doing it. And so like I'm gonna go hard. And let me tell you, those nights were some of the literal worst nights of my life. Like I've made, I made so many shitty decisions in those nights, like post grad, more than I think I ever did in college, which is such a bummer. Um, but I think that's also the nature of going to like a state school in a really small town. Like I went to Virginia Tech, which is in Blacksburg, Virginia. By the time I was a senior, like. I knew everyone who was out at the bars. And so if anything were to happen to me or like I needed to get home, like there was a DD from the sorority waiting for me or there was, um, there was like, I could walk home. Like everything was very safe. And I think going back to DC and having these like one-off, like let's, like I'm, co- I'm going out tonight. Like I'm going to fucking, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a good time. Um, was just, it just destroyed me. Like I, I couldn't do that kind of balance because those times going out I mean I don't really have an excuse I don't really have a reason like I just I don't think a lot of the things that we were doing when we went out were very aligned for like who I actually was or what my goals were and I think a lot of it was like for me mourning that loss like I very much knew that those nights would um not be a part of my future because at some point like I was going to move and I was going to change and like that was just not going to be what I did anymore and in the times that I said yes I think um I think there were a lot of emotions at play like I think I was mourning a lot like losing friends who I had connected with like simply over drinking and I don't know a lot of stuff I think I mean I'm imagining a lot of you can probably relate to that when like you make such good friends in college who and like guy friends and like the premise of so many of your relationships is literally just alcohol and then you kind of graduate and you're like wait I have other hobbies like I got my yoga teacher training certificate and like became a health coach and was pursuing all these other passions when I was like I don't think alcohol is really how I want to connect with people anymore. And so that was, I don't know, difficult to kind of reevaluate and, and think I I had no, Hmm. How do I phrase this? I had no other like expander in my life of what my relationship with going out and alcohol and friends could look like in a moderate way. Like I would say I was one of the first people, if not the first person in my friend group to be like, this isn't serving me and I no longer like really want to partake, but like I want to be here because I like love these people and I don't like, I don't know where the line is around like saying no and being a people pleaser and maintaining friendships and aligning myself with my values and integrity. Like I had a really hard time and I I still honestly have a hard time figuring out what that line is because I I don't want to miss things and I've missed so much because I no longer am really interested in drinking, but like it gets to a point where you're like, it's a fucking bummer that I have to miss stuff because this is who 
this isn't who I am as a person. And so anyway, um, probably, mm, I'm trying to think. I moved out of DC in August of 2019. And in January of 2019, the very start of the year, I did um, Whole30. Uh, I did it because a brand reached out to me to work with them for a Whole30 campaign. And I was like, oh, I didn't have like any intentions of doing Whole30, but like, why not? Like, this totally sounds like it could be a good time or whatever. I mean, not a good time, but like, uh, I was also really navigating a lot of health issues. So I was like, well, maybe this will help with my IBS. Like, I totally, I, could, I, I should try it. Like, why not try it? So I did Whole30 for the first time, um, which by the way, like wrecked my gut. Don't recommend it for IBS because it's just like not an IBS diet. Um, but it was the first time that I was ever really like sober. Uh, and it was nice because I had something to kind of like blame it on. Like I wasn't really just like, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't, for me, it wasn't like you have to stand up for your values now and say that you don't want to drink. It was like, you have this excuse. You have 30 days where you're not doing any of these things. So you're doing Whole30 and like no one no one can ask any questions because like, oh, duh, Whole30. So it was the first time I was ever really sober. And um, I think it was a really good like move for me because I could still go out and like get water and and kind of like play with the like, no, I want to be here. Like I want to go out, but uh, I'm doing Whole30, like I can't have alcohol, but like I want to be here. Um, I think it spoke to kind of a lot of the feelings that I was having about kind of transitioning into a different phase of life. And it just like really worked with me for that time. And in retrospect, it was such a blessing because I, because it showed me that it was possible to still be there and not drink and have water or a kombucha and like still spend time with people and spend time with my friends and the other thing it showed me, well, it showed me that that was like easier than I thought it would be to show up and get a water, like really wasn't as difficult. No one really ever asked any questions, um, which was great. And so the other thing it showed me was just like, I was so in touch with what I wanted to do. Like if the thought of going somewhere to hang out and getting a water like was shitty to me, like replace water with alcohol. Like it would have been the same level of shitty or not shittiness. I was like, Oh no, like I'm not going to go. Um, and I was really in touch with what I wanted to do because I no longer had the mask of alcohol to make it like, well, I don't really want to go, but if I go and get drunk enough, eventually I'll have fun. Like I didn't have that excuse anymore, which I know so many people use. Um, and so it kind of like was a really great catalyst for getting in touch with like myself, honestly. Um, so that, and then when I would, did go out, like, because I was sober, I was so easily able to be like, oh, nope, now I want to leave. <laughs> like I was really clear of my like signals with myself and all of that kind of stuff of where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, how long I wanted to do it for and when I wanted to go. Um, so that was cool. Whole30 on the whole, um, not to be punny there, like, but I didn't love it. Um, it was very restrictive and I think overall it's a very healthy diet. Um, but I didn't do, I did it because I was curious if it would help with my stomach issues and it didn't because like the only things you're allowed to eat are things that are, um, like irritating on the stomach. So like being plant foods and like FODMAPs and stuff. So wasn't the right diet for my IBS. Um, but I was suspicious that 
alcohol and all those kinds of things contributed to my stomach issues. And like, I don't think that that was the main suspect. So I never really had too many fingers pointing in that direction, but I will say, and this is what I tell, um, a lot of people too, is that it's not so much the alcohol because a lot of times if you're drinking alcohol in like a, like moderate dose, like one or two drinks, um, it's actually like low FODMAP, like you're fine. But what happens is when you do drink, you obviously throw off your circadian rhythm, you throw off your sleep schedule, your sleep quality, you probably drunk eat something that is high FODMAP, whether it's like cheesy, carby, gluten-y, like whatever. Um, And so that's usually the downfall. And then alcohol is a trigger for you to like go to the bathroom. So you like people like the beer shits, like that's why people really have (laughs) not the best stomach days the days after drinking, unless you're somebody who has like a stomach of steel. So alcohol was never like my biggest culprit for IBS, but I, um, in college, I'm sure it contributed so much just because I was drinking so much that none of those things had stability, like my sleep quality, my sleep schedule, the drunk eating, all of that stuff. Like it was all just constant. So of course that impacted my stomach. Um, but here's the thing about me is that I really like quality and whether that is like home decor or furniture or a nice bottle of wine or like a crazy wine and cheese pairing or a cocktail or uh, a mocktail, like whatever it is, I'd rather spend $16 on one good cocktail or a glass of wine than like $8 two or three times on a vodka soda just to be drunk. And that applies to like pretty much every area of my life. Like I really would rather have few quality things than like a ton of low quality, just like crap. And that extends to what I put in my body. So like I'm not sober now. I don't even know that I am sober curious, but like I have played around with sober curiosity, just meaning that like what would life, would I be able to do life fully sober? Like what is my relationship with alcohol? Um, and right now I don't really have any desire to define my relationship with alcohol. Cause like, it's a really healthy relationship. If I want a cocktail, I'll have one. If I want a glass of wine, I'll have one, but I don't really like define it. Like it's not like a black or white kind of thing. Um, if the cocktail menu somewhere is like crap, then I'm not going to get a cocktail. I'm going to get a glass of water or sparkling water. But if it looks really good and there's something that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right up my alley or that's going to taste really good. Like I'll go for it. Um, I will always be a sucker for quality. And I think that that's something that I realized my senior year of college when I was like, I really don't like want to be doing this anymore. Um, because there are only so many vodka sodas, vodka cranberries, vodka pineapples that you can have. And you're like, pretend that it's good. Pretend that it's like contributing to your life. Um, but something about me that I think I've kind of alluded to is getting to these preferences was like not easy at all just because drinking is so ingrained into our culture and not only drinking but people pleasing and being like a yes person and being the fun friend and not saying no and being accommodating and not being the one that people have to like work around um it's really scary to like play with the idea of being that person and I really didn't want to um And so the thing I was going to say is something about me is that like I'm the kind of person who typically needs to get like really close to rock bottom before I figure the fuck out. Um, 
and it's a, <laughs> a bummer. I think it pains a lot of the people in my life to see because they so want to step in and I, I'm so fucking stubborn and they always want the best for me. But like, not only am I stubborn, I really don't like criticism. <laughs> so add that combination together and it's a little dangerous. I'm working on it. That's why I'm in therapy. Um, not why, but you know, a, a byproduct of the things I'm working on. Um, but yeah, so I think there were a lot of moments post-grad that were like very rock bottomy, um, you know, being my stomach issues, but also being a lot of like bullshit decisions I made when I was drunk that just like impacted other people negatively on top of myself. Um, and I think all of those things combined were a really good reason to further explore my relationship with alcohol. Um, and so Ian and I moving to New York, living here on our own, um, don't really drink a lot, like at all. Like we rarely have any wine around the house. I have more Olipop and non-alcoholic, um, spirits than I do anything alcoholic in here. Um, and it was hard to get here, but being here feels so much more like me. And the more I feel like me, the more confidence I get in like really owning those choices. I also think age comes with it a lot. Like now I'm 26, almost 27. I don't think I could be in this place at like 22, 23. It is my, like my fucking heart goes out to you if you're somebody who has a friend group who like that's your main priority or whatever. That's like what you guys spend the most time doing. Like it's hard to say no, to miss out on those nights, to lose friends, to like all of those things for me were incredibly heartbreaking and still are. And it just, it, it is what it is. Um, and what I would say, which is so much easier said than done is to like make friends in places where you do feel seen and you can do things that light up your, light up your cup, fill up your cup, light you up, whatever. Um, and to really pursue that, but it's fucking hard. I'm not going to pretend like it's not like it, this journey with my relationship with alcohol has been one that's shown me a lot about myself. Um, it's almost forced me to learn a lot of lessons. I think, I think the biggest lesson it's really shown me is like my people pleasing one and a fear of, you know, being rejected or abandoning my, like why I was so scared, um, and so willing to abandon myself before abandoning everybody else. Um, and you know, there are things I wish I was better at. I wish I was better at maintaining friendships where alcohol used to be a tether and replacing that with something else. I'm not good at that. Um, I would like to be, I'm working on it, but it's, it's difficult. And, um, I think we're all just like trying our best to figure things out, especially in your twenties or thirties as cultural changes and lifestyle changes and things that you want, um, really don't align with where you've been and you know you don't ever get to where you're going by just copying where you've been especially if where you want to go is somewhere new and different and affords you different opportunities so it was really hard to get to this place there were a lot of sacrifices that came with it but I don't think that that is um like the standard, like you shouldn't have to sacrifice a lot to improve your relationship with alcohol. And if you're being like very present and very embodied and confident and vulnerable in it all, your friends should and will understand. Um, 
But anyway, I created this summer mocktail series, the oops, the summer that um, the summer that COVID hit because. We started the pandemic the same way I think everybody else did, where we were like, oh my gosh, let's go stock up on wine. And like Ian and I went out and we bought so much liquor and so much wine. I don't fucking know why, because neither of us really drink a lot. Like, I don't know why that's what we chose to do, but like everyone else was doing it and I guess it made enough sense. Like, I I still don't understand. Um... And then probably like two months in, I was like, this is expensive. I'm spending $50 a week on wine that I don't even want to drink. And like, I I make it make sense. (laughs) And so I just stopped. I stopped drinking and I was like, this would be a really cool time to explore making choices without alcohol. And so I... um, without even really knowing what I was doing was just like, I'm sober. Like I'm sober now. Um, not like a, like I am a sober person, but like, I'm just not going to choose to drink in situations where it doesn't make sense to me. So like being at home randomly with dinner, like for me, I don't want the taste of it. I'd rather have a glass of water. I'd rather have ice cream after dinner. Like I, 10 out of 10 would rather have dessert than have like three glasses of wine. Um, And so I started sharing mocktails on Instagram for a couple of weeks and just kind of like airing out my thoughts about alcohol and it resonated with a lot of people, which I think is awesome. Um, And then I kind of stopped and like just stopped sharing about it Um, and was thinking this summer, why not bring it back? Like I'm not sober, um, but I do love a mocktail and I do love alternatives and I want you all to feel empowered and wherever you are with your journey with alcohol with how it plays into your social choices with how it plays into your health choices and health issues so I wanted to do this series to make this kind of um, exploration and conversation like more accessible and empowering like I want you to feel good in whatever choices that you make and When I, um, like there are so many cool mocktail companies and options and stuff out there right now that just didn't exist when I first did this. Um, like when I first did Whole30, like it was like, get a kombucha, get a sparkling water, get a juice, a ginger ale, or like fuck off. And now there are so many cool mocktail options, like canned beverages. And there's just so, there's such a beautifully robust sober community out there that I hope that I can help connect you to, um, and share inspiration for, and just help you feel less alone and more empowered in whatever you are choosing, um, to do. So, um, somebody asked how to come up with mocktail ideas. And first of all, they're getting so much more accessible. Like, like I just said with the cans and stuff, but also think about your favorite flavors. Like, most (laughs) the way that I think about making mocktails I'm laughing because I'm thinking about like making potions the way that you would make like when you're six and you mix like your conditioner with your body wash with like some maple syrup with some like rocks and you're like I have made a potion that's like how I feel making mocktails I'm not this mixologist flavor guru um but I do just think about flavors that I like and I do a lot of research on like existing mocktail recipes. Um, Think about your favorite cocktails and what flavors you like. 
there are a lot of flavors that just like go well together. Um, what I did that actually is, I don't remember where I did this, either on a notepad or like a note on my phone. I think I did it on a note on my phone. I wrote out all of the flavors that I liked, like no, totally just like random. Like it was like ginger, lime, strawberry, hibiscus, um, like elderflower. Like I wrote out all of the flavors that exist that I like to drink. And then I sat and looked at that list and I was like, what would go good together and how can I turn that into a drink? So that's my tip. Um, it, I no guarantees for what you're going to come up with, but I thought that was actually really helpful to figure out how to combine mocktails. And then say you're like, okay, I want something that's coconut and lime. Then just Google like coconut lime mocktail. Um, I'm sure you'll find like a bunch of really cool stuff. There are also a bunch of really cool um really cool Instagram and TikTok accounts that like exclusively are mixologists who know what they're doing, sharing really cool recipes. So I'll try to share some of those as I find them on Instagram. I've already shared a couple um, that I will save to the mocktails highlight on my page. But yeah, this has been a little bit about my relationship with alcohol and also unintentionally my relationship with weed. (laughs) Just to bring that full circle... I really stopped smoking my sophomore year of college because I think I, like, overdid it. Like, fuck. Um, I lived with people who just, like, constantly smoked weed, like, all day, every day. Like, our our apartment was, like, just always a bong on the table, always people coming in and out. And I was like, what, what is going on? Um, and so I think I'd swung to an extreme that I was like, I do not resonate with this extreme either. Um, but... Yeah, I think that might change in my future. Like, I'd love to, I'd love to re-explore my relationship with weed. But like, here's the thing, you guys. <laughs> I like being sober. I like myself. I like getting quality sleep. I like waking up and feeling refreshed. Like all of the things that being sober allows me to do, I like so much more. And so it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me to trade that in for anything, um, at least right now in this phase of life that I'm in. So that's kind of where I'm at. If you have any questions or want to share your story or something resonates um, or whatever it is, shoot me a DM on Instagram so we can chat about it. Um, And if you liked this podcast episode, you're liking the Good Gut Feelings podcast, it would mean so much to me. If you would open up Apple Podcasts and give it a quick rating and review so that you can help other people find the pod. The podcast is growing. We're about to hit 10,000 downloads, which I'm so excited about. This is my precious little baby and something that's been so fun to get to do. I don't know if you guys remember, but I start, well, maybe I didn't ever tell you guys this. I started the podcast with like, no expectations. And I was like, if I ever don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Like I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it because I want to. I'm doing it because it sounds fun. And the moment it doesn't sound fun anymore, I'm not going to do it anymore. And I haven't hit that point yet because I love doing this. Um, And I feel like some of like the most unexpected things have been resonating with you guys. And it's been really cool to get DMs from people who have been like, oh my gosh, I found you through your podcast. And I just binge listened to like all 40 episodes and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't ever expect anyone to find me through the podcast. Um, But this is where you get 
like the most of me, like the most, the most Isabelle Isabel is here on the podcast. And it's been really great to have a place where I feel like I can just like be myself and hang out and connect with you guys and interview some really cool guests. So if you have any topic requests or guest requests, always, always feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram and we will talk next week. Love you. Bye.